With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Bonus Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I went to a 60-minute Broadway with that turkey yesterday. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the dragon to my nature boy. Woo! For Greg. Well, he's not quite here yet. Uh, I hope you liked what I posted for you on Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday. It was a uh, a YouTube exclusive for the longest time. I kind of wanted, I, I wanted to put some more content, more content up there for you uh, and, and give you guys the most bang for your buck you could possibly get. It is the holiday season here in in America, although we don't have listeners just here in America. We have them literally worldwide. I I guess kind of a humble brag. I'm not trying to. I'm just being honest here. So not everybody celebrates Thanksgiving, but the majority of our listeners are here in the good old U.S. of A. America! So it is a holiday week, weekend, So I decided to not only put something up there that maybe you'd heard before if you've uh, checked out our YouTube, maybe you haven't, but it's new content for the actual audio podcast. We've never posted it on the RSS feed for the podcast, so I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, if it, it might be new for most of you, and it's a little taste, just a, just just a taste, a little bit of uh, what you can expect if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is growing by leaps and bounds. We are well over a 1,000 subscribers at this point. I think each and every one of you, if you have taken time out to go subscribe to us on YouTube, I appreciate that. But last week, we did cover uh, this Tuesday in Texas. Uh, The reason why we made it more of a, a short YouTube exclusive originally was because we had covered uh, the Survivor Series from that year, and it was like literally 
days before this Tuesday in Texas. The Undertaker held that title from Sunday. I believe that was on a Sunday. I'm sorry. They used to hold it like on Thanksgiving uh, Survivor Series. That is pronouns, pal. Damn it. But uh, he held it from Sunday to Tuesday. So, yeah, it was it was a thing. (laughs) But either way, that was uh, 1991. If any of you goes back and uh, checks that out, uh, Survivor Series 1991, now in the archives, by the way. But we're doing something uh, kind of fun throughout this month where we're bringing you some old audio recordings of Greg and I uh, covering the three quote-unquote major companies in America at the time, WWF, WCW, and ECW, all had pay-per-views this month Uh, ecw's wasn't actually on pay-per-view but it was like a big marquee show for them at the time and we're covering them all it was in within like a three-week span they all had their shows so i'm bringing you the recordings of all that but today is a little little bonus we've never done a best of before on this show but we've been around for about three years so three years with no best ofs that's pretty pretty good in my opinion Today is kind of a compilation. It's not. Uh, it, it, it's it's not like um, how we've done like the news for a whole year or something like that in the past. It's a little different with this. In the early days of the podcast, I told Greg, I said I I really want because we wanted to do the format of covering like timely shows from that month in different years. It's uh, kind of like a time capsule for that month, but. The one time I wanted to break from that, uh, besides our timepieces that we eventually dove into with like Diesel and uh, Vince Russo and uh, ECW and 95, is I said I wanted to cover all three pay-per-views from 1989 where uh, Ric Flair and uh, Ricky Steamboat had their historic trilogy. And everybody... Every like big his, uh, wrestling historian remembers that fondly. Uh, anybody old enough to rem- be uh, a fan at that time remembers it fondly. It was it's still talked about to this day. Omega and Okada are, uh, were compared to that when they had their trilogy in New Japan. All any famous wrestling trilogy is compared to Flair Steamboat 1989. And so I wanted to cover that, and the shows themselves were not great. But the matches, uh, Flair and Steamboat just tore it up all three times. We have our favorites, which we'll talk about. But I just wanted to cover all that. And, and I figured that would make a great bonus podcast for you here on Black Friday here in America. You can get some great deals if you haven't already because now black friday is like black november but uh either way uh yeah you can get your good bonus podcast and and while you're filling yourself up with turkey and stuffing and sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes with gravy and everything else you can you can listen to us and maybe you can play it for your family uh, who's sitting around the table and have Grandpa reminisce about the good old days of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Ric Flair going one-on-one for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. The big gold, baby. And uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, so no news and notes segment, but 
before we get into reviewing the actual matches, I do want to thank the sponsors of the podcast, Mahler Bros Golf. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. And now that we're done with that, we are going to dive into our first break. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into the first match we're going to be covering of Flair and Steamboat for the NWA title. Their first of three big matches, baby. And uh, we will cover that all in full right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. 
take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Clips are shown of various meetings between Flair and Steamboat up next, where Steamboat would uh, had uh, pinned Flair in a tag match <clears throat> using the crossbody. And then uh, later in Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland. Uh, See, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I did. I, I, I made a note of it. <laughs> like, well, yep. I'm like, pause for TJ to praise Cleveland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have did it too, but... Oh, yeah. Well, in Cleveland, Steamboat comes out to the – or he's in the ring. Flair comes out in, like, a fur coat with a bunch of hot chicks and says – or, excuse me, beautiful ladies. Got to be respectful here. And uh, Put that out. Yeah. Then he starts insulting uh, Flair's – or, excuse me, Steamboat's family and tells uh, Steamboat to go home and help the missus with the dishes, which would not play in the year 2020. Uh, So Steamboat naturally destroys – Ric Flair's uh, custom-made suit there just rips it to shreds and takes Flair down to his underpants. And, uh, yeah, Steamboat gets the upper hand, but then Hiro Matsuda jumps him, and both he and Flair beat Steamboat down. And they're putting over the fact that once Steamboat hits the crossbody, it's over. That's it. Flair can't kick out of it. So I, The crossbody of death. Hell Yeah. And this reminded me of, obviously, you know, not the same, whatever, but I always liked when they did this stuff. Like, you know, oh, he hits the crossbody, it's over. If, you know, that's all he needs to do. Like, I'm reminded of, and it's a weird one to jump to, but in TNA, they put over that it's like, well, once Petey Williams hits that Canadian Destroyer, it's over, and nobody can counter it until Chris Sabin started countering it with the Cradle Shock. And they're like, oh, that's it. He just counters in the Cradle Shock, and he wins. And like they built that up like for like two months or something like that for this feud. And I thought I thought that stuff was cool. But I don't know. I did too, but on the surface though, at least the Canadian destroyer makes more sense to be like a deadly move than a crossbody. Yeah. Well crossbody was the one like he held his um you know, he held him down and I don't know, he cradled him when he pinned him. I don't know. But hey, back then it was a it was a thing. You know, it was simple moves, I guess. On this promo, though, I just, it just, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't do it for me. And then I was reminded that I don't think Ricky Steamboat was ever great on the mic. Ever. No. Now, I've never watched a Ricky Steamboat promo and thought, man, that was, that was some good yeah. stuff. Like, ever. I just, I think that maybe a mouthpiece would have been good. 
Yeah, but it would have been a little awkward with Ricky. I don't know. I think that's why they would give him tag partners and and like tag alongs once in a while. I don't know. Yeah, I just like uh, I watched this. I'm like, man, this guy's terrible. And not to get ahead, but there's another promo of him later, which is just as bad. Uh, yeah, it closes the show. Um, but, that. And it's like well, I, I get it. He's a family guy, but I don't know. It just seems so unnecessary. Well, it's just man. weird to me that they're counteracting Ric Flair with all of his, uh, let's call them escorts. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Uh, and they counter that with a man with his wife and kid. It just well, was yeah, weird to me. Well, it was the contrast. Like, here's the family. Oh, man, yeah. Here's to- the label. Totally, totally. But it's like, I don't know. It just seemed weird seeing, like, escorts versus a family, one involving a child. Well, I mean, I yeah. get it. It just seems so weird. But we'll talk about this more definitely at Wrestle War 89 when we do that in a, uh, at the end of the month. But the thing with, like, Jim Cornette was always like, well, if you want to feel like the everyman or whatever, and I mean, I didn't hold anything against Ricky for this, but I kind of see Jim Cornette's point. He said, well, then he comes out with this, basically his model wife. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Look, look at who I married. It's like, I'm sure everybody in the crowd is like, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the main event, man, is Ric Flair with Hiro Matsuda in his corner. He's defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Ricky Steamboat. Gets plenty of time, 23 minutes and 18 seconds, which, oddly enough, is a short match for these two. When Flair comes out, he kisses a hot blonde woman at ringside who hands him a bouquet of red roses. Then he throws him into the crowd. I like the contrasting colors, by the way. Flair's in all red and Steamboat's in all green. Uh, Uncle Dave said that he Merry decided Christmas. to <laughs> Uncle Dave said he actually decided to fly out to Chicago because this had the potential to be the best match of the year. And it, and he said he, it managed to exceed even those expectations. He said, quote, it was amazing. That was understatement. But towards the end of the match, Steamboat finally hits the top rope crossbody and takes out both Flair and referee Tom, Tommy Young. Uh, Steamboat tries for the crossbody again, but he misses. Flair goes for the figure four. Steamboat rolls him up with a small package. And then referee Teddy Long comes out of nowhere, slides in, makes the three count. And he awards Ricky Steamboat the NWA world title. Uh, Flair and Matsuda then argue once Tommy Young wakes up. But Tommy sides with Teddy Long and he raises Steamboat's hand. Uncle Dave and I both gave this a solid five stars. What say you? Oh, yeah. Five stars easy. Yeah. I don't think my, my notes was straight and simple. I'm like, this is a five star classic. Enough said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was my notes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, uh, it's freaking fantastic. I love this. This was a perfect close to the show. The only I've seen their Wrestle War match. Uh, I've said before, I've never seen their their clash of the champions match. That's coming up in a couple weeks for us. So I'm excited, but I'm sure that's a five star classic as well. I mean, what else can you really say about this, man? It's it's Flair and Steamboat. Yeah, I just it just felt like it felt like it clicked so quickly too. Like oh, it yeah. didn't take too long to get started. Nope. Also, it's no- funny to point out, by the way, that that title belt has had three different names. <laughs> I realized that going into this. Oh yeah, the NWA World Title, WCW International Heavyweight Title, and then the WCW Title. And then hell four, if you want to just call it the World Heavyweight Title on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but but that was a different belt completely, though. It was just mimicking the big gold. I think it was smaller, too. Because that 
that belt they're using here, the, the original big gold, that thing is huge. Championship, pal. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, Conrad Thompson actually owns that title. Uh, gee, I wonder why. Right, yeah. The guy who held it a million times is his father-in-law. Uh, but to close the show, man, Bob Cottle interviews the new champ in the locker room, and all the baby faces hose them both down with a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Eh, I bet I I'll bet you Cottle never got that deposit back on that tuxedo. Yeah, right. <laughs> Steamboat clearly has alcohol burning his eyes, and but he yeah. won't wipe his own <laughs> face off. Someone finally walks up and wipes his face off for him, and then they spray. And then Michael Hayes comes out of nowhere, yeah, sprays him down even more. <laughs> yeah. And this is that promo I was mentioning, man. He just, I'll give him points thought, for being able to do it. Like you can clearly see he's wiping his eyes while talking, but yeah. still just yeah, kind of brutal. I hate to say it. Yeah. Uh, Cottle looks like he's trying, he's, he's tired of getting soaked in champagne, by the way. If you look over at him, he's trying to keep a happy face, but he looks a little annoyed. Steamboat says that he won't hide as champion and that he'll give Ric Flair the first shot at that title. And we will see that at Clash of the Champions. So, Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. But we're at the main event, man. It's Ricky Steamboat defending the NWA World Heavyweight title in a two out of three falls match against the Nature Boy Ric Flair. This match got all the time. 55 minutes, 49 seconds was the exact time. Uh, this was the one match everybody cared about on the show. So, yeah, there's that. A couple things before we get into the match itself. Terry Funk is on commentary for this match. I don't know if you noticed throughout the match, he'd throw in little things about, oh, glad I'm retired, or, oh, man, retire me right now after seeing that. I, I did, and that's when I realized, well, you know, not to, I know it's like 30-year spoiler, but... Yeah. clearly that's leading to something with this main event oh yeah we will get into at another show but i did yeah. notice that i'm like wow i didn't realize they planted the seeds for that right here yeah i didn't either because I, I mean in my defense i've never seen this before 
I've uh, seen it a couple times, even going back to when I was a kid, but now I actually pay attention to everything. Like, when yeah. I'm a kid, I'm just wanting Steamboat to win. <laughs> no, right. That, yeah. that was it. Ste- Steamboat with his – well, we'll get into it here in a second. <laughs> um, there, There's a neon light-up sign behind the guys as they come out. And when Ric Flair comes out, it reads, R-I-C-K Flair. I, yeah, I chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> uh conrad talked about this on on his podcast that's not even was, like a chiron by the way so, so. i know they took that's time a huge accident well i know that's so what that's, that's what conrad was talking about he was like let's spend all this money on this light up sign we're gonna go big for rick flair's entrance spell his name wrong like what the <laughs> hell but he comes out flanked by a harem of women and then Ricky Steamboat is out next. He's supposed to be the average everyman. And he comes to the ring with his model wife. I love that. Wearing, <laughs> who's wearing a dress, by the way, that probably costs more than most people in the crowd make in a year. Every man so. can wear a married woman looks like that, right? Yeah. And, and just drop a hundred grand on a dress like that. She was wearing like a ball gown. Well, he was spending that shy town rumble money on her. Yeah, maybe. And my entire payoff goes to Bonnie. <laughs> uh, Little Richie, by the way, you had brought this up. I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. Little Richie is wearing a dragon costume for Halloween. <laughs> he looked so stupid. Like, this whole scene looks dumb. Like, he – just picture this. Like, anywhere else in the world – or even in wrestling, just picture this. Ricky Steamboat comes out dressed like a karate man, wearing his gi and his headband, his white tights. His wife is like wearing this luxurious ball gown, and then Ricky's carrying a child dressed like a dragon. <laughs> you know what's funny about this? As I was thinking about this, I'm like, if this had happened in WWE, people would just laugh it off. Typical WWE with their stupid gimmick crap. NWA yeah. does it, and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I think NWA did it, and people. Company. Well, I think NWA did it, and people probably just kind of buried their head in their hand, like, "Oh God, I could be wrong." Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, make... uh, one thing I think, if you remember back to WrestleMania Four, Gorilla Monsoon said, uh, "It's a memory that little kid will have." I don't think he's going to remember this though, uh, but he was on TV, so whatever. Yeah. He was on two pay-per-views and national TV. So, And back-to-back years in both companies, so there you go. Right. I know this isn't my gimmick, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have a Mattel figure of that Ric Flair. Uh, He came in the Four Horsemen four-pack. But the robe he wore in this match came with a defining moments Ric Flair. Yeah. So I it didn't, didn't get match that up. Pack. It, kill, it kills me that I didn't because I didn't know they were elites. That's my. Oh, you, oh, you didn't get that one either. No, you got it when we were in Brooklyn. I remember. I, uh, I, yeah. You got it right after NXT. Right. And, yeah, we uh, ran over. To I party. remember. I remember laughing because you're like, I got to get it because I can't find it anywhere. And I'm laughing. It's like, dude, I see this like every one of my targets. I have like a hundred of them. <laughs> and yeah, I'm mad I didn't get it. Now I didn't. Like I said, I didn't know they were elites. I thought they were the, just a four basic pack. The one I didn't get was the um, the one you said you didn't get this one either was uh, Sting, Luger, and Macho Man from Bash of the Beach 96. Yeah, again, I thought they were basics, and I'm, like, kicking myself over it. You gotta, I you will gotta never again that. do that without looking at it. 
clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to look at how I can always tell is you look at their stomach and if you see a bend yeah. in their stomach, there you go. Exactly. That's yeah. And that's my thing now too, but I wasn't yeah. a hardcore figure collector back then. I was just picking them up casually. Right. As you can imagine, Uncle Dave drooled over this match. He said it was surprising that Flair dropped a fall via submission. Flair took the first fall, by the way, when he goes for the figure four. Steamboat rolls him up in a small package, but Flair reverses the pile, and he gets the pin. Steamboat takes the second fall by submitting Flair with a double chicken wing. And the final fall is given to Steamboat when he lifts Flair up with a double chicken wing, but he falls back. And even though Flair has his foot under the bottom rope, the referee counts his shoulders down like um, almost like a bridging tiger suplex. But he counts the shoulders down. He gives a win to Steamboat. Uncle Dave and I both gave this five stars. What do you say? I said five as well. I thought it was an easy grade. Oh, yeah. The finish was stupid, though, I thought. I don't take points off dumb finishes. I refuse to do that. I don't like when people do that because, to me, a a horrible finish doesn't ruin a great match. But I thought it was stupid. But clearly it's setting up for something, so you have to attribute for that. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't, I don't say it ruins a match with a bad finish, but it does leave a bad taste in your mouth. It's like one of those, like, um, like Eric Bischoff has referred to. He was like, if you sit and you watch this movie, and you're like, man, this is a great movie, and then at the end something happens, and you're like, that freaking sucked, and then you leave just, the theater th- thinking about how it yeah. sucked. <laughs> the twist is it sucked. <laughs> no, I but, mean, yeah. I, I get it, I get it, but. For me, I've always thought, like, if this is, like, a five-star match, I'm not going to deduct points for a horrible ending, so... Right. And, yeah. and because it's set up for the, the pay-per-view, because this whole show basically was a giant commercial for WrestleVore 89. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? No. Yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, so... But it just uh, kind of sucks, because I think because of that, it took away from everything. These matches should have been better. Right, Yeah. I I think so too, but I I thought this was an amazing one hour of wrestling. I again I've never seen it before. I was very excited. I like I didn't fast forward at all through this match. I was like I knew it was going to happen, and I was still like on the edge of my seat watching this match. I was so enthralled. And well, I watched it back for the first time in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're going to watch one match from the show, it's going to have to be this one. I mean, hey, go, obviously. go out of your way to watch this. Go out of your way to go back and watch Steve Casey versus Great Muda. Good uh, Lord. That was a barn burner. Uh, but uh, we go to commercial. When we come back, Jim Ross interviews Ricky Steamboat at a podium after the match. Steamboat thanks TBS and all the fans for their support for him. You know, all 5,000 of them in the crowd there that night. Uh, Ricky this reminds me of that, boxing, by the way, because they're like thanking the, the, uh, the network, like, you know. Boxers will think yeah. Showtime or HBO. Oh, well, not HBO anymore because they ruined yeah. it. But, um, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, I mean, I think it gives it a good, you know, a, a legit sports feel, which, you know, I wouldn't mind if AEW worked more of that in. I mean, I, I realize they have. Well, the they TNT just tried. Title. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about that, you know, like, not to get off topic, but they, they did with that press conference with Cody. Yeah, so I mean they're they're trying to give it a, more of a sports feel, and I get you know 
I get, but I don't get people like Jim Cornette. It's like, well, you have something like that. And then you have, you know, the clowns come out with a dancing bear afterwards. You know, how can you take this seriously? It's like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, it's like not everything has to be super serious. I mean, even in legit sports, you've got, um, oh, I can't think of his now, the gypsy guy, the boxer. What's his name? Uh, Tyson, oh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. yeah. Tyson Fury came out to the ring being carried to the ring on a throne singing Patsy Cline. Yeah, that was great, though. <laughs> I mean, you mean to tell me that that's, you know, you're going to see that and be like, wow, this sport sucks. And then you're not going to take it seriously when he whoops the guy he's fighting. Like, come on. No, not only did he whoop him, his corner gave up for him, but he licked his he licked the blood off of him. Like, that's disgusting. But it happened. Uh, well, his name is I, Fury. Yeah. But yeah, getting back to wrapping this up here, Ricky says that it's now time for him to move on to an ex, to his next challenger. But then Jim Ross shows replays to Steamboat of Flair's foot under the bottom rope. And he says that Flair is furious. Steamboat says that Flair does have a legitimate gripe after seeing that footage. And they kind of leave it at that. <laughs> but we would know. I remember with- when I was watching this when I was a kid, I saw that. It was like the first time I ever saw something like, oh, wow. He's like, he's going to lose his title. I really thought they were going to strip him or something. I mean, of course, I didn't use that word. I'm like, oh, they're going to take his title because I was like really scared because I loved Steamboat when I was a kid. So I mean, I do now, too. But yeah, that was like the first time I actually caught that. Right. I mean, they and then they kind of set it up. They say, well, you know, the NWA board of directors is going to meet through the week. They're going to have press conferences, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually sets up for Russell War 89. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah brother, that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We right. Shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Now we get... The whole reason we did the show for it was Ricky Steamboat defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against Ric Flair. The match went for 31 minutes, 37 seconds. Ric Flair comes out flanked by about 20 gorgeous women. He's done this entrance three times now, and I swear he gets more women every time. Yeah, right. They keep, like, doubling. Right. Rick, not uh, one Ricky... of them is his wife, by the way. Oh, was it? No, I said not one of them was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when he brought this entrance back in WWE in 2005 for like a hot minute, one of them was his actual wife at the time. 
Nice. Uh, wife number what? Four, five? I don't know. I lost count. The alimony pony. Uh, but Ricky Steamboat comes out with his wife in a red ball gown and Richie dressed like a rhinestone cowboy riding a white mini horse. <laughs> ah, Once again, looks... he's the everyday, easy every guy with the supermodel wife with a million dollar dress. So there you go. Yeah. And he could afford a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to you for pointing that out. Cause again, I never would have realized that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's something, man. Uh, but the finish is fairly anticlimactic, in my opinion, as Steamboat goes for a scoop slam. Flair rolls through with it and hooks the leg, pinning Steamboat for the win. The pyro blows and Flair and Steamboat hold, or excuse me, uh, pyro blows for Flair as Steamboat holds Rick's arm up in congratulations. Uncle Dave calls this one of the greatest matches he's ever seen live and, quote, five stars doesn't do the whole thing justice. He was he there, it. right? I don't know if he was physically there for this one. He was there for at Chi-Town. Oh, it was the last one. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. He gave it five stars. I, too, gave it five stars. But I don't know, man. The crowd blew for the finish, but I thought the finish was just kind of, eh. Like, well, I've already it, explained my, my position on finishes. I don't let it ever affect my rating of a match. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, I felt like this wasn't as good as the last two. It was great. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was too much of a good thing at this point, because I did say four. I thought this was maybe the weakest of their three. I know. And I used to think this was the match. I've uh, always held the first one in high regard. I thought that was the most amazing match they've ever had. There's just something for about this event for me that just didn't click as much. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I've And my thing with the finish is it's because like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like just when I was really getting into it and then it's like, oh, that's that's a finish. Uh, okay. Right. And it was a weird one. Especially I mean, when the but also you gotta factor in Ricky Steamboat did he ever have a finishing move? Was always yeah, across he had the, body. Yeah. Yeah, they built that up like what we talk about in the archives, Shy Town Rumble. They built up that flying crossbody. He hits it, it's over. And then he did the the double chicken wing. That was his other finisher. And they were even playing that up during this match. Oh, he's working Flair's arms so he can do the double chicken wing. Yeah. But he never did. And I, I just, I kind of laugh at that. I'm like, that's for a great wrestler. He didn't really have a definitive move. I those maybe just me, but yeah, well he did the, his setup was the, the flying karate chop off the top. And then he would either go into the double chicken wing or he would go into the flying cross body. So, yeah, right. I mean, those, that's what I think of when I think of steamboat, but I don't know. The first match I thought was great. The second match I thought was amazing. This match I thought was really good. So I don't know. I feel really weird saying subpar. But when you yeah. put it in, in that context with the other two, it kind of is subpar, in my opinion. Right. It's like uh, a it's like a movie trilogy where the first one's really good. Second one's amazing, like even better than the first. And then the third one, it's like, eh, I mean, it was good. Uh, just not as good, you know. <laughs> not to get too nerdy here, but I might say that, that about the original Star Wars trilogy. It was good. It got yeah. even greater. Return of the Jedi is still one of my favorites, but not the best one, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That, Back to the, well, no, not Back to the Future. I, I think quality kept going down on those. But anyway, I digress. We'll After, debate that later. <laughs> right. The uh, post-match, man, this is what we've been waiting for besides that. Jim Ross interviews Ric Flair in the ring, saying that this is one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. Rick says that Ricky Steamboat is the greatest world champion of all time, again. 
And then Terry Funk jumps in the ring to interrupt and says that he thinks that Flair is the greatest world champion ever. And if the time had expired at 60 minutes, he'd have voted for Flair. Funk then challenges Flair for the title, but Flair says that Funk has gone Hollywood in reference to uh, Funk being in uh, Roadhouse, which I've never no, seen Roadhouse. Was, well, maybe he was in Roadhouse, but the one he was referring to here, he said rubbing elbows with Stallone. Yeah. He was over the top. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I had I, I had heard him make the Stallone reference, and I had seen um, in like newsletters and stuff, they were talking about Roadhouse, and I'm like, oh, that was that was Swayze. That wasn't yeah. uh, Stallone. Was he in that so. too? He was. Oh, okay. That I didn't know, but. Yeah, I've never seen Roadhouse. I just know that he's in it. So uh, it's kind of like um, Stan Hansen is in, I, I mean, obviously this, you know, Roadhouse is much more famous, but Stan Hansen is in uh, No Holds Barred. Yeah. He's in, he's in the bar scene. So, but Flair says that Funk has gone Hollywood. So now Flair has to face the contenders in the top 10 in the NWA. How many times have companies tried to do a top 10 and it never works out? It's currently uh, failing with AEW, so. Oh, I know. It's even failing in UFC, so and that's legitimate. Well, uh, failing had to has to intend that it at one point was successful. It never was successful in the UFC, to be fair. That's yeah, that's true. Uh, Funk gets pretty indignant about this, but uh, before saying that he was, he's like, "Well, I was only kidding." And then he shakes Flair's hand, and then he decks him and knocks him down. Then he beats the tar out of Flair, goes nuts. And he pile drives him on a table, which doesn't break, by the way. And then he beats him up more with a chair. He's slamming the chair on Flair's head. And all the while, Jim Ross is making this better because he ran back to commentary and he hops on the headset. And the whole time he's yelling, he's gone crazy. Gary Funk's gone crazy. Like gone crazy. Yes. Yeah. Right. He wasn't before. I, I want to. Oh, go ahead. I, I just I got to say, was this I feel like this is the very first ever table move. It was one of I, them. I feel like I've never seen it before this. Like when yeah. I was a kid, that was the first time I saw it. If you're and I don't remember about, like, why, but I was like hurting when Flair was getting beat up when I was a kid because yeah. I hated him. But all of a sudden, I'm like, why do I care? <laughs> right. Uh, well, this was this was like we, we what we talked about, the, the double turn, because uh, Funk was a face going into this and Flair was a heel. And then they switched going into the program. And it, and it built up, man. Um, this was a, a cool feud. The matches were fine that I, well, I the, the last good. man standing or was it i quit one of the two was it was just, i quit i think it was still one of the very best of that genre so i quit it was one of the best i quit matches in history i thought to this it was day. This, yeah it was this was this was a really good hot feud this went into a couple things with this though was uh ricky steamboat wrote in his book or talked about in interviews maybe both he said he had no idea that this was going to happen he said he thought that he was going to you know, take some time off from the the title picture, and then he was going to get his rematch. And he said, never happened, obviously. And he said he was just told, hey, after the match, just leave the ring. We're going to do an angle. And he said, okay. And he said, I'm all this thinking, well, I'm going to get my rematch down the line. And he looks back, and this is happening. He's like, well, I guess I'm screwed. <laughs> That's so, rough. Yeah, well, I, and I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, this led to him eventually going back, or yeah, going back to the WWF. And, like, Ricky yeah, Steamboat, but that was also man. a failed run, though, I think. The, oh, the well, yeah. for sure it was. Yeah, I'm not. But this was, well, that's why he eventually left the WWF again. This was his thing. 
if I'm not going for the world title, then I don't want to be here. Yeah. That was his entire That's, career. And the thing too about another thing about that too, it's like he thought he was gonna get his rematch. I'm like, okay, we've seen this three times. Enough. I know. You know it's also let's keep in mind that he he had the win record here. He was two and one in this trilogy, so you know. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It was And I love Steam, but don't get me wrong, I am not like trying to bash him, but yeah. Yeah. yeah well I don't my in, my thing was, could he have drawn the house with anybody but Flair? Like, I I don't want to say yes or no, but I think it's more close than no. Yeah, I mean the numbers weren't exactly on fire with Flair. So, what about with somebody who wasn't as important as Flair? I don't know. I just that's my thing. Real quick on Funk, uh, I do want to say that. Like before there was Chris Jericho, I think Terry Funk was the king of reinvention, making himself hot again and stuff. Because this was like for this being 1989, this was him, you know, kind of giving himself a fresh coat of paint number five in his career. (laughs) And he still had more to go. He was he would still have many more hot years in ECW. He had to run his chains, chainsaw Charlie in uh, WWF, and then he was himself in WWF. I mean, he did some, and then he would pop back up in WCW in the Russo era. So, I mean, he did some some big stuff, and everything he did. I mean, maybe you know towards the later part of his career, Chainsaw Charlie on he wasn't exactly you know main event level guy, but I mean, Terry Funk was. Always figuring out a way to to slap and like I said, slap a fresh coat of paint on himself and be in the main event, man. I mean, I, I'm thinking even before this when he was going against Lawler in Memphis and he did the whole word like Lawler stabbed him in the eye during the, <laughs> the or uh, kicked something into his eye during the, uh, yeah, the arena right. match. My eye, where's Lawler? He's yellow. <laughs> God dang it, my eye, Lance. <laughs> I think. Uh... I, I like the comparison of Jericho. I just think he he never really changed much, though. He was always that no. crazy nut from Texas. Yeah, and he didn't start and out. That was that his whole gimmick, like, by the way. Crazy Texan. That was his thing. That's why I say it. But He kept getting more and more nuts as his career went on, and then eventually he became the hardcore guy. So he well, it makes it. you wonder if, like, when Jerry used to call him middle-aged and crazy, if he was like, that was a oh, yeah. inside shoot. <laughs> oh, well, for sure he is. Yeah, because at first he was like his brother Dory, like, you know, when he was NWA champion, like they were just, you know, good old fashioned wrestlers from West Texas. And then as it went on, he turned into the psycho. And then, you know, it, it kind of went on from that. And then he became the brawler. And then he was the hardcore guy doing moonsaults in his, you know, 50s and 60s. So <laughs> I think he's still doing moonsaults in his 80s. I, I'm kidding. He's not in his 80s, but, you know, close. Will be, though. I mean, he will be doing moonsaults in his 80s and too. Oh, yeah. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the capital district, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story. 
so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed our reviews of all three of Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat's matches from one of the biggest trilogy of matches in the history of professional wrestling. Like I said in the opening, fondly remembered by everybody who knows what the hell it is. If you don't know, if you heard our reviews and you actually want to see them, I definitely suggest it. Go check it out. They're all on Peacock. Uh, I talked about the 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 events they're at in the reviews, so go check those out now. Uh, the shows are okay, some of them, uh, but uh, I, Wrestle War I, I think might have been my favorite of all three of the of the shows. But the matches themselves need to be seen; they need to be witnessed. If you're a real wrestling fan, you will enjoy them. Trust me. And speaking of enjoying things, I hope you enjoyed this compilation of our reviews of all three of those matches. And I hope that uh, you will go check out our YouTube page. It's youtube.com forward slash at main event marks. And you go check that out. You can subscribe to the channel. If you want to hear more than just about wrestling, we got you covered, man. We got our Marks on Media channel on there or playlist rather. Uh, And on there... We have marks on games, marks on TV, marks on movies, and marks on anime. Admittedly, I don't cover as much anime on there, but Greg and I do uh, cover uh, various video games together. Usually, it's it's video games that we talk about together. Uh, I do a lot of TV and movie news and reviews on there. I go back and forth. Some of Sometimes I review a show or a film. Sometimes I'm previewing it. Sometimes I'm bringing you the news, like entertainment news and that kind of stuff, something I can make a fun video out of. And uh, we really bust our butts to get you content on there for that. It's also... You'll see all the podcast uh, uh, archives on there. So from day one, day one, we've had that YouTube channel and we've been growing the hell out of it. And our entire podcast archives are on there in a list, a playlist on there for you. So you can go check that out uh, in video form. Uh, The first few 
uh, podcast. I don't know when I started doing this, but I it's like a static picture. But after a while, I actually started adding video uh, to the podcast to make it a little more visually appealing and whatnot. So uh, go check that out if you can. And uh, also, if you want to hear about current stuff, Jacob Grandi does a great job uploading his Curtain Jerkin show on there at sporadic times. So whenever he has enough to make a full show out of, he'll upload. It's good stuff. He uploads at least once a week, sometimes two to three times a week, depending on what's going on. And it's snackable, as Greg likes to call them, snackable episodes. You're not going to get a two-hour podcast from him like you might from us. So definitely go check that out as well. And fig hunting videos, man. We got them um, uh, mostly in shorts form. So it, you want to talk about snackable. Go check out our fig hunting videos. I'm going to start uploading this winter, hopefully. I'm going to start uploading more shorts about my collection. I've got videos on there now about my Mattel collection, I think. I have not gone through my Jax collection yet, which... I'm sure some people uh, want to hear about, want to see, just for curiosity's sake, if you're a, uh, a fan of wrestling figures and you want to see all that. I've got Jax figures for WWF. I've got uh, TNA figures. I've got uh, WCW figures. i got some ECW figures. Um, I'm trying to remember if I'm forgetting any. But those are the big ones. I have a ton of Jax figures because I've been collecting since I was seven. So uh, there you go. But go check that out uh, on our YouTube page. We upload constantly. I'm trying to keep up with it, uh, trying to trying to meet demand and all that. So, And if there's anything else you'd want to see and want to hear from us, let us know. Slip into our DMs. They're always open. And uh, we reply, I reply personally to all the comments on our YouTube. So... Uh, I appreciate all of you. If you're already subscribed, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for being one of the over 1,000 subscribers to our YouTube channel. And subscribe to the podcast, man. Thank you all for being with us here today. I am Troy. For Greg, I say happy Thanksgiving and happy Black Friday. And we will see you all next week when I actually bring you... WCW World War III 1995 to close out Turkey Month.